0: Zero.
1: sometimes battle with separating who you are now versus who you feel like you ought to be do you question God's plan for your life is there a sense of uncertainty in the areas of choosing healthy relationships hi I'm Nadira your life and impact coach and becoming a woman of Proverbs it is my desire to help you grow into the woman that God has designed you to be we offer short videos with moments of wisdom for any circumstance using the Word of God no matter what it is we are here for you. Make sure you download the app today. Hello, 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 guys! Welcome to Sisterhood Check In. I am like super, 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 super excited. I don't know about y'all, but every time I hear like the start of the the preview, I get excited. I will be in the background like,
0: mm, 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 mm,
1: mm. you know, you gotta put you. It's not the same until you put the lip movement in, but. Thank you guys for watching Sisterhood Check-In. I am your host, Nadira Lewis. And if you have been blessed by watching the Sisterhood Check-In, make sure you guys leave a comment at the bottom and let me know your feedback. Let me know how Sisterhood Check-In has been blessing you. I'm excited, guys, because today we have none other my special guest. Hold on, her name is Georgia Lawrence. She is an attorney, wife, mother, she has been a blessing to so many people in this in 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 the state of georgia florida from her hometown i'm excited i can't wait to bring her in y'all let's give a round of applause for georgia lawrence hey girl how are you how you doing you know what hold on I get the charger to my laptop before we go before i live go dead hold on <laughs> okay I tell you, one of these days I'm gonna get it all together.
0: Okay, I'm back. Hold on.
1: I can't believe after all this preparation, the one thing that I need to remember to get was the one thing that I forgot that was the most important thing. Charger. It happened. I know, right? Oh okay. I tell you, I tell you, you don't have to be perfect to do this, but you do have to get better. (laughs) Okay, let me put my mic back on.
0: Miss Georgia Lawrence. Are you breaking up a little bit? Are you? Waiting for Georgia to come back. We had a
1: little connection issue. All right, we're back. Okay.
2: So how are you, girlfriend? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you? I am
1: good, girl. I'm excited. I am like really like psych, super psyched to hear you talk to us about all the wonderful things that you're doing. I'm excited. You know, I talk about all the things that I'm doing, but girl, I am just loving all the things that God has been doing for you, girl. You are a mom (laughs) of a new baby. Girl, you don't wrote how many books? Three, four? Three. Jesus, girl, I got to catch up to you. (laughs) You got three books. So, Georgia, tell us a little bit about yourself. Help, Help my audience to know Georgia Lawrence the way I know you.
2: Okay, so first, thank you for having me, and you're doing a great wow. job. I salute you. This is this is needed Friday night chat with the ladies. This is needed.
0: Yes, I agree.
2: Uh, so, um, name is Georgia Lawrence. I'm from Jamaica, small community called Candle in the Central Area, of Mandeville. I know most people who are familiar with Jamaica, they may. Go to like a tourist area, so you may hear them talk about Montego Bay, Negro. Well, I'm from the Central Region, and we call it the Cool Cool Manchester. It's the chill town. So I um I came to the United States over 10 years ago, moved to Florida. I actually, went to the University of South Florida there, and I did a bachelor's degree in criminology and international studies. I stayed there for a while. I worked with the um, Department of Juvenile Justice, where I worked with different youths, mostly females. Transitioned to Jacksonville, Florida. Attended law school there for three years. Uh, got my Juris Doctorate. Then I moved to Georgia, where I'm currently in Atlanta. I took the Georgia Bar, passed currently an attorney. I do, I do a lot of things, so I'm an attorney, I'm an author, I'm also a speaker, so I speak at different conferences, women conferences, conferences with youth, I volunteer in the community, there's this program at uh, what I think called Michael 25, that's something that I'm involved in, I try to help out with the immigration population, I participate with this organization here called Game where we help people from different countries trying to see the political asylum. So I do many things, and when I'm not doing climbing, hiking, working out, or just spending time with my family, So all in all, I'm just a regular woman here on earth trying to live, walk within my purpose.
1: Awesome. So Georgia, tell everybody how old you are. Oh, you've done so much in such a, I mean, some of us, it has taken us 30, 40 years to accomplish some of the things that you've done. Tell us how young you are and how glowingly- Oh,
2: young yeah, I am. I like that. But you know what's funny? I had to think about it just now. Oh, boy. Oh I think boy. After you pass 25 and you're between 25 and 30, you kind of <laughs> I'm 28. I'm 28. Wow. Wow. So I did uh let me see. I finished law school at 26. So I became an attorney at 26.
1: You became an attorney at 26 years old. Wow. That's that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So what inspired you to be an attorney? Like, did you, or did you just like always have that dream? Were you like, okay, when I grow up, I want to be an attorney or did you just one day, you know, I know you're into um, helping with immigration. Was it something that fired you up that just made you just want to say, you know what? I'm going to go and fight and use.
2: When I was younger, well, I feel like this is it for most little girls, like you're in school. I wanted to be a teacher. And I think it was in sixth grade that I got introduced, like, you know, you have career days at school Mm -hmm. and I got introduced to an attorney. So I was like, what do you do? And they would tell me, so I understood the concept, but I didn't know, oh, that's to be an attorney. So Mm. I always knew that I wanted to help people, and it's something that I've been doing even at a young age. I used to go to church with my grandma, and we used to participate in a lot of
0: community
2: events like outreach, um, food pantries, and so forth. But there is one thing that I always noticed in myself, and it's like I'm always trying to stand up for other people. Mm. In high school, I believe it was in the ninth grade. That was a time where in Jamaica, we do what is called the Caribbean examination. or So at that time, we're trying to decide what subjects we're going to focus on. And you normally do that related to whatever career that you want to get involved in. So I reached out to an attorney and he actually came to the school and he told us about his profession, what he did. And I was impressed. So then my mind was set like I knew I wanted to be an attorney. But what really did it for me was in seventh grade, my uncle got in trouble and he was in jail. And my family basically turned their back on him. And my mom was abroad at the time. And I remember what she did was, she actually sent the money to me and I wasn't, They weren't supposed to allow me to do it, but for some reason, the system I was dealing with and so forth, they allowed me to to bond him out, and I went into that, went into the jailhouse, and I could see what was going on behind there, and it was disgusting. It was dirty. You could see them crying out. And what I saw at the time was just basically a system of injustice where because someone is accused of doing something, basically you treat them like animals. And on his court dates, I remember I followed him to court and I was just standing at the outside the courthouse and I was just observing. And you could see the difference with like the attorney walking up, the people who were accused of these criminal offenses, you see the judges, police officers, family members, and it was just the differences. It's almost like a class there. And then that was a moment for me when I was like, I have to be involved in this, like people out here really, really need help. So when I attended college, I participated in the pre-law program so I knew head on I was going to go to law school afterwards. Like, of course, there were many obstacles, but I knew I wanted to do it, so I kept going. In Jacksonville, when I attended law school, I um I got involved in the community again, and I was doing other things. I kind of understand the immigration process a little bit because I'm from Jamaica, but I started okay. in the Immigrant and Human Rights Clinic. And I got a lot of experience, dealing with like different people from all over. So that really triggered my interest in um, immigration and human rights law.
1: Nice. So I bet when all that stuff was happening with with, uh, what we saw on the news, I bet that kind of like stirred some stuff up in you seeing I mean, yeah, I know yeah, it was like I, devastating yeah. the, the So I know, as an attorney, that probably I mean, not just as an attorney, but every anybody that's a human being, you know, looking at yeah. that and, and looking at the 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 events that surrounded that was pretty heartbreaking. So I know that was pretty like hard as an attorney and being from a different country. That might have been devastating. I can imagine. Yes. Being able to do. Do you um. So you graduated. So you went to you went to you went through the program with the attorney that actually came to your school, and you followed through, and you actually became an attorney. Did you become an attorney in Jamaica? Or did you become an attorney in Jacksonville?
2: I'm here in Jacksonville, Florida. Well, awesome. I, I attended law school in Jacksonville, Florida. I did the bar in Georgia, so I'm licensed to practice in the state of Georgia. But because I do immigration law and that's federal, I can really represent people in all this states.
1: Got you. So if somebody needed your assistance and needed to and wanted more information about what you do as far as um, immigration and how you can help them, let everybody know how they can reach out to you in order to that's be able to, you know, to be able to, if they need assistance with anything. Are there certain types of immigration things that you take care of, or you just kind of just help with everything?
2: Well, I focus mostly on family immigration, but I also do a little bit of employment. I do have a business website. It's www.GeorgiaLawrence.com. And um, there's an option there for them to reach out to me. I also have the email that I give up publicly. Georgia law 21 at gmail.com and of course my social media facebook georgia lawrence instagram georgia lawrence or you could use uh, royalty underscore with a purpose and i'm always available i'm here to serve however i can
1: thank you we have somebody that actually has already mentioned the comment hi kim she said hello and yeah. uh, we also have a Another um, person that actually said congrats clapped out. We don't know who that is, but thank you for your comments. So Georgia, as you, um, so for anybody that that is that needs assistance with any type of immigration, um, you can also you can reach out to Georgia um, at the website at um, georgialawrence.com, or you can reach her on our um, on social media as she just mentioned. Um, I'm really excited about some of the things that you're doing, Georgia, because there, I mean, it takes a lot of courage to be able to do the things that you do, especially in this time frame, So I really applaud you really kind of just stepping out there and just not just being a, a regular attorney, just going to a job, clocking in, you know, you're really out here fighting and making yeah. sure that, that you, you're fighting for people, you're operating in your purpose. What do you, what caused you? Because I feel like everybody gets to a point. There's something mm-hmm. that, Happens in their life that draws them to a point to where they say, "You know what? I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that." What was that point for you? Help us to understand Georgia in light of
2: what around age eighteen. Well, Mm -hmm. I mentioned that I'm from Jamaica, so you could say like I grew up poor, and when I say that, I mean. Like, I had my basic needs met, and I had some of the most valuable things, like family surrounding me with love, attention, and time. And Mm -hmm. I have, like, the greatest mom, where she would always ensure that we were able to make ends meet. But when I say that, I mean, like, luxury of having certain things, like a car in the household, where you didn't have to take a taxi being able to get certain things that you want to eat at certain times or wear certain things that you want. I didn't have that, having to um, worry about how I was going to go to college and so forth. But there was always something in me where I knew that this is what I wanted to do, and this is what I was going to do. So I believe it was at age 18 when I finished high school, and then I did two years of sixth form. And that's like, I was, college here. And I wanted to go to college. I knew I wanted to do law. So you may have heard of the University of West Virginia. That was always a dream school of mine. And when I got through for the program, it was over a million dollars. So probably like over 12,000, probably over 12,000 US. I knew I couldn't, I couldn't afford that. Never seen that much money before. So it was a matter of me taking loans and stuff. So, what I did is I started applying for different schools. And I remember I applied for 10 different colleges. And I did get through. So, I was trying to decide between like all that stuff, college and the University of South Florida. But something kept tugging on me. And um, I did decide to go to University of South Florida. But when I was leaving, People started to say things, and when I say people, I'm talking about those close to me, like family members. They thought that I was crazy. They Mm -hmm. thought I was crazy. And I had it in me where I was like, I'm not going to sit in this situation. And because certain things weren't provided for me, doesn't mean it's not out there, and I'm going to go get it. So I I always tell people that I left a with two suitcases and $200 to come to university. I didn't know how I was going to pay my tuition, how I was going to pay housing, how I was going to eat or anything, but I just had it in me wow. that after what I wanted. So when I got here, yeah, it was rough. One of the roughest period of my life, but I must say the most humbling experience and just being able to go through that and overcome so much where sometimes i think about it is like mm, like the apartment that i was in i got um threatened with being kicked out because i wasn't paying like the rent on time i used to shop at the dollar store and i'm saying that proudly like yes and still
1: shop at the dollar store <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> there was a checker store that, that came up i don't know what
1: you call dollar store that came up Your dollar store is a new <laughs> one. <model. laughs>
2: there was a checker <laughs> that was um top side my apartment and i remember my roommates and i because i had three roommates from jamaica as well We'd get dressed okay. on Sunday, we didn't have a car, so we'd walk to the quickers, we'd get our little dollar fry lover burger and our milkshake, we'd be all excited, go back to the apartment. So yeah, it was really a really experience. But it's just like having gone through all that and where I'm at now, not saying that I've arrived because there's always work to be done. Absolutely. But just being able to overcome that. That's what I would say like. That has always been, like, my driving force, like, overcoming, overcoming. And then I have my grandma, who's my biggest inspiration. She, That's something she's instilled in me since I was a little girl. Like, she's always telling me different stories about, like, getting over stuff, how she was able to do certain things and so forth. So I would see a combination of my grandma's teaching and just that drive that's within me,
1: that's what's always like pushing me. Yeah, that's amazing. So you wrote a book, um, Purpose to Pain. Talk to us about some of the experiences that shaped you to be able to be in a position to say, you know what? Not only am I gonna help immigrants, but let me help some people who are going through some things and let me give them a way, a, another perspective, as I would call it, to be able to look at life and be able to pers- and be able to get out. Talk to me about how how purpose to pain came about.
2: All right. So this is my first book, Purpose awesome. to Pain, and I wrote this book. It this one took me a while because I started writing this when I was mm-hmm. in undergrad. It actually started out as a journal, and what I was doing was just basically like wow. about how I was feeling certain things that I've been through. In the beginning of the book, like he mm-hmm. has a lot of problems and that's what I was sitting and write just to help me get over certain mm-hmm. things. But what I realized through writing this book really for myself is that I could use it to help somebody else. Cause I always tell people like what you go through mm-hmm. and your testimony, it isn't for you. Is resistant right. to someone else. So right. I kept writing and writing. I finished it in 2018. I graduated law school May 11, 2018, and my book was released that day too. And wow, it's-
1: you got you were able to get all that done. Yes.
2: Gosh, wow. Wow. So I um, it really started with some things that I went through when I was younger. And all the way through law school and um, some of the things that I was able to just overcame. I talk about um, being young, growing up in a single-parent family, how that has affected me. Growing up, like, having an absentee father in the home, how that has affected me. Impact that it has had, like, certain decisions that I've made and little things like that. I also talk about different culture, like with coming here in the United States versus being back home, the differences I've seen, like with uh, with certain gaps. And really, when people read my books, they tell me that I'm very transparent. And I say, yes, I have nothing to hide. I'm mm. open. To it? So mm. if you don't want to know, don't ask or don't try to get too involved in my life because I'm going to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. And then, wow, you know, I'm the same way. That's that's awesome. Yep. And in the book too, I kind of open up about a lot of things that I didn't share uh, within my family, and I feel as if that's because, like, this is especially in the black community now, where Mm -hmm. it's almost like we're sheltered in a sense where we're told not to say certain things or speak upon certain things. But uh-huh, deep uh-huh. down is killing us inside. So I was uh-huh. able to get a lot of it out in this book. One of the things that I um talk about was an experience. Like I said, I grew up in a single family household. And my mom, she's actually a cosmetologist, so she'll do here and she also taught hair dressing. So one of the things that happened was she had to leave us with a babysitter. And, or she didn't have the money to take us to no friends to her, who could account for liability or anything like that. So we just got to some regular home babysitter. And I was there at one point And I remember, well, they didn't have money either. So they had like an outdoor bathroom. So I remember that mm-hmm. like the baby. First time he was outdoor using the restroom and me being a little girl walking on my And I can mm-hmm. remember him calling me inside that bathroom. And like years later, mm-hmm. I thought about everything. That boy, well, at the time, he, I was probably like five. This was a grown man. He was probably like 18, 19 and he could have raised me but see for years i had that in my mind and it was in my subconscious and i was thinking about things i was trying to figure it out but at the same time i wouldn't say anything to um the grown folks around me so things like that i was able mm-hmm. to get out of like you said not growing up with a father and having gone through certain things i was exposed where i got in relationships i had no business getting involved in at one point, I was actually dating someone who was abusive to the point where we got physical to each other. And when it happened, instead of me like telling somebody what happened, or like I was living with like uncles and cousins, and instead of me going home and telling them the danger that I was in, I kept it all in here and it came out in Facebook. I didn't talk about it myself. Mm. And uh so when I had people like my mom ready, she was she kind of felt mm. in a sense because certain things came to light and I said it's not really that mm. I didn't mm. want to close it to you. I didn't know how to. And I just think um for right. so me sharing different chunks of what happened in my life is just It was just a way for me to go through certain things and also others who may be on a similar path, they're afraid to share their story or Mm -hmm. they just feel like it's just them being in this bubble by themselves. Mm. Wow.
1: That that takes an incredible amount of courage to do that because, you know, when we were younger, you know it was a lot of things we just didn't talk about, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: A lot of things we experienced. Um, you just, it wasn't just, you know, my mom used to always have a sign up. It says, what you see here, what you say here,
2: let, let it, it stay, stay here. here don't come back here. here. <laughs> I had that in my house
1: too. So, oh yeah. That was, I remember that so vividly. So, But I, I do I do understand, like, you know, some, during that time, a lot of a lot of us have gone through different things and just, you know, it just wasn't something that was easy to talk about. You know, it almost felt like it was a part of it became a part of the norm, you know, yeah. because it wasn't talked about. You didn't have like a lot of the stuff like you have now where people are discussing openly and saying, hey, this happened to me. I was raped. I was abused. I was yeah. you know, taken advantage of. It just wasn't an easy. I think we're in a better situation now, where we can, you know, especially with social media, and you know, there's a lot of different programs now that are out, and so it, and it makes it a lot easier to talk about it in this day and time than it was back then. Back then, it was like yeah. you told somebody that molested you or something like that. It's like you looked at it as, well, what did you do to deserve it, or what did you do, or you was you was grown, or you was probably too hot to try, you know. They never yeah. looked at it as, you know, you know, so I, I definitely understand, you know, exactly how that happened. You know, I had, I had a situation, you know, happen to me, you know, and it's funny because, you know, when you think about it now, back then you think I was young, you know, when, when different things happen to you, when you're young, you don't, you don't really have the mindset to handle it. You just kind of just just be like, oh, well, you know, it is what it is. And it is not until you get older and yeah. you start, you know, different things start triggering. And then you start, it's almost like your subconscious mind goes to sleep. And yeah, you don't even realize. That. Takes
0: very, that. And he
1: yeah. That. yeah. And then you go back and you look and you're like, oh, wow, that did happen. You know that wow 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 you know and then it's almost like you go from not knowing to oh man that happened to me you go to the shame go through the shame because now you're an adult and you look back and you're like wow you know that happened to me you start to feel dirty you start to feel and it affects how you deal with current relationships if you don't take the time to get healing which is why um and we'll talk about something something that i've done to kind of help within that area when it comes to you know emotional trauma and stuff like that but I think it's a beautiful thing that you have taken the time to kind of just write you know poems are really a good way they're therapeutic you know i think journaling i think journaling is is helped me out too my i remember when i was younger and my aunt bought me my very first diary and i had that diary for years and i had so many Secrets and things that I had went through different hurts and pains and stuff right. in that diary, and it was therapeutic to get it out. It was like therapy for me. So this is that's why you know I was I was telling you know everybody on last you know last week when I did hood check in, I thought about what that did for me, which is why I started to do like a devotional planner journal, you know, yeah. because i thought what if i had that back then a not only just a diary so that i can journal you know my different thoughts but what if i had an opportunity to have the word of god there to kind of as i'm journaling to be able to reflect and say you know i think what helped me too is when i had when i had um when i when i was like early in, in in following and walking with the lord i had this bible It was a woman's bible and i still have that bible to this day and Reading the word, but then reading the, the the encouraging things that the women put in there is it, it makes a huge difference. So I, yeah. I think your your book the, the uh, purpose, the pain is awesome because journaling. You know, it may just look like you're just writing your thoughts, but you never know in journaling your thoughts how it's helping somebody else.
2: Yeah, so true.
1: And how it's reading therapy, not only to you but it's bringing therapy to somebody else and you and i talked about this before the broadcast what like when you first when you first wrote, wrote your first book how long did it take you to write it
2: well the first book actually took me a while because i started uh in undergrad so 2011 2004 and i didn't finish it until 2018. Mm-hmm. but that's me like not on like I, like I said, I started out, started it as a journal. And then eventually I'm like, you know what? I'm going to publish this so I would write. But I really didn't understand like, the publishing process and all that kind of stuff. So I was just taking my little time writing a book. I didn't know it was going to be published.
1: Yeah. That's amazing, man. So you also have written many Different other types of books too, and we're gonna. And as I said before, you can get, you can all, you can go to a uh, uh, bit. Lee forward slash Georgia Lawrence books. Um, we listed. We're going to be listing all of her wisdom books on our site. Um, we're still uploading some of the books as we we should have them uploaded hopefully by tonight. But we do have the Purpose Through Pain book on the website now for those of you that are interested in purchasing Georgia's books. It's amazing. And I know it's going to bless you. I know her testimony is going to help somebody else. Is there what type of, after going through everything that you've gone through in life, what advice would you say to your younger self? Seeing yourself now, being an author, a, being able to overcome so many things, and now you're an attorney at, at a very young age. What would you say to encourage your younger self in the in those moments where you were discouraged and felt like you wanted to give up? What would you say to yourself?
2: It's gonna be okay. okay. That's all I would say to myself because when I was younger, not that I used to worry a lot, I've just always been so purpose driven. Like a lot of people used to tell me like, you're young, but you're old. So I was always where I wanted this to be in order, that to be in order. I'll focus on like where this is coming from, where that's coming from. I don't know where I got it from. I know that at age 13, my mom went abroad. So I was kind of the little the house for a little bit. So I'd have the money for the grocery, the money for the light bill, the money for the water bill. So I learned how to manage my place. Like I was in control of certain things. So I guess I wanted to control my life too. So when things didn't go the way I wanted to go, like i worried, I think about certain things. But now, like looking like I realized as long as you're doing what it is that God called you to do, He's going to fund that purpose. Like He always make provision for your purpose because that's his will. So looking back, there's nothing that I really had to worry about. And I kind of live by that much right now where I just keep going and whatever I do, I'm always intentional with it and always try to do it based on purpose because I know that with that, God is gonna be involved
1: and it's gonna be all right. You've all I've always known you in the time frame that I've known you as a to be a very patient, you're very patient and very mild tempered woman. What circumstances or what was it at that what when was it in your life that you said, you know what? I know we I know you know a lot of the times we talk about our experiences, about you know, where God has brought us. Talk to us about that moment where you had to, where you had that epiphany where you realized that, you know what, in the midst of everything that I'm going through, I need you, God. Talk to us about that moment because, and I like talking about those moments because it's great when we, when we, the victories is what give us the encouragement to get through, mm-hmm. to, to see what it's like on the other side. It's almost like what, what, what God, what Jesus did when He said, for the joy that was set before Him. He endured the cross. So he already saw what was before him. So it was enough encouragement to keep him going. What was it? Because you know, when we're in that point where we feel like we're about to give up and we've had enough, we're at our last straw. What talk to me about those moments that you felt that you've allowed God to come in and speak to you in some of those dark places? Tell me, talk to me about some of those.
2: I've had uh
1: to read there, there might be somebody
2: yeah like i had two really dark periods in my life first was in um 2015 and that's after i finished college i worked for mm-hmm. a year got some experience and again i was applying for a whole bunch of law school but the money for law school is nothing compared to undergrad. Undergrad is probably like ten, fourteen thousand dollars. Law school is like 50000 dollars. So now everybody was really looking at me like, "Girl, you crazy!" First of all, you're not a U.S. <laughs> you don't apply for federal loans. You don't have family and friends here like that to be a co sponsor for private loans. So if you don't get a full ride, how are you gonna get? with this and then mm. i had another hiccup too because at that time i had like some immigration challenges that was kind of putting me, pushing me back and mm. i was not so i remember one day i was with one of my um church members like i was just talking to him and like i broke down I Telling him the things that I was going through, like, I feel like I did this, I did this, I did this. I'm serving God. I'm out here, like, really trying. Because you know how a lot of people have experience where in college for them it's a time where they turn up, party, they get wild. Right.
1: right.
2: I tell people this all the time. Because I was going through so much, I was focused on my studies, I was getting into grades and all that but I knew like I was suffering financially, emotionally not being around my family and so forth. So for me, it was really a time where I locked myself in and I just spent time with God. Mm-hmm. So when all that was said and done and to see like a year after I started working, things got a little bit good. And to know that I was pushed back in the same position I felt terrible, I felt like giving up. I, it was like, I was going crazy because like I said, it's like I was, I got to the point where I started being in charge of so many things, but this was something in my life that I had no control of mm. how it was gonna end. I remember that night when I was talking to that brother, it's like, I was in downtown Temple and there was a bar, and I walked right into the bar. I got something to drink, and I was just drinking. I, I, I can't drink. And I remember when I got <laughs> to the apartment, I was in a dressing room, and I walked right in the pool. I never that right. Whoa, so, you we were right in the pool? Right in the pool. Wow. It, I walk right in the pool. They like, said, "What you doing? You, what are you doing?" And then I went to sleep that night. I and mean, then I think my mom, like I don't know, they said something about mom, like they sense something is wrong with you. I remember my mom said this to me in the morning. She said, "God got you from Jamaica by yourself, no family or friends here." You got through college. You did so many things. You were able to work. I know you're at this point where you're supposed to transition. And because you can't see the way around the corner, you're ready to give up on God and you're ready to give up on yourself. And she said that to me and she walked right out the door. And when she said that, Oh. I looked into the situation and felt so bad because it was true. I was giving up. And I'm telling you, I went on my knees and I prayed like i never prayed before. And the very next day, like the law school reached out to me and wanted money. They were offering me everything I had to do was pick up my bag and move to Jackson.
0: What? like wow.
2: when my mom came home and i told her she's like look at it that's all like wow. see around the corner that doesn't mean that something good is around you you just gotta have faith and yeah. keep trusting god because if he's leading you he's gonna find your purpose and then another dark period that i had in my life again for some reason i always have these so when I was done with like, just like for undergrad, I felt like, okay, you did it. No, you should be good. It's the same thing. When I was finished with law school, I graduated top of my class, got all these awards. My family came my dad came in from England. Wow. My family came in from Jamaica and I, I was on top of the world. My book came out. So, I was feeling wow. good. And then, I moved to Georgia, and I moved to Georgia, and now it was time to study for the bar. So I was studying for the bar, passed the bar, got my first job again. I'm feeling on top of the world because, hey, I'm good now. And then I got married. It's like, hey, you moved to Georgia. You passed the bar. You got married. By now, I found out that I was pregnant. You're having a baby. It's like, I think this is like most little girls' dream where but they want to be finished with school they want to get married they want to have a baby and they want to have it going on so yeah it was good for me and then when you look i had another something blocking and this was like a period again where it got really dark and this is for the first time i feel like i dropped in deep depression i mean i'm not a psychologist i don't want to diagnose myself or like speak upon that really. But that's how I felt. And it was just a situation where I feel like this person who I trust and love so much
0: betrayed
2: me that I didn't expect. So it kind of like pushed me to the corner. And then what happened is that all that stuff that was in my subconscious over all these years, it came back afloat. And oh. it pushed me deeper and deeper into depression and then mm. i get back to the argument where we're raised in a culture where talking about what's going on with you is not something that is that's normally that you normally get advice to do so mm. for me like now i'm learning you have people that you can talk to but yeah. i really like it's me where I didn't trust anybody to right. go to them, especially females. For some reason, us females. So it's like I didn't trust any females, family members to who I could go to and really sit, then and tell them what was going on. And it's really because I felt like I would have been drugged and I was just so ashamed. Like I was right. just was about the situation and all that so what i did was i started writing again and that's how my second book came out. so i wrote it all out i was over certain things and now like when i do shows like it's like i'm not afraid to talk so that's in the beginning when you ask me if there anything you don't want to talk about i'm open book i don't care i feel like my testimony is yeah. so i'll talk so i would yeah. say those it to like a really darkest period in my life and at this point too I really had to get deeper in my work. Yeah. because yes I pray a lot and I listen to some worship music I try to like have my morning walks and have my little time with God and so forth but mm-hmm. now it's like I had to find something in writing to like justify like how is it that I'm a so called good person. I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm saying this, I'm saying that. Why is it that I have to go through this? What right. did I do? I started, like, truthfully, I started questioning that, like, how did this happen? Is it, is it a curse? Like, what's going on? So,
0: yeah.
2: and, and see those moments, they are, when you're going through it, you don't understand it because you're just looking at it like, you know what, this is a curse, it's a dark moment
0: right but when
2: you do it you look back it's really just so so while i'm able to talk about it now i must say like i'm grateful for all of it because it has molded and shaped me into the person i'm trying to and the person i'm becoming every day and the whole woman that god wants me to be
1: Right. I think it's amazing because I think what people don't understand is that when you talk about you know you don't hold back you know you're transparent. I think it takes you know I think sometimes you get to a point when you go through enough stuff. The least thing you have to worry about is is what people think. You know, yeah. sometimes when you get to a point when you want to get out and you want to and you want you want to be free, it's by any means necessary. You know. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, because I was like that. I was just like, oh, I don't know about this. But then there comes a point when you just get to the point where you just say, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, I don't care about if people know what happened in my life. I don't care. I just love that. You know, I'm grateful. I I remember somebody asked me, would you go through if you knew what you had to go through now? And I'm going to ask you that, too. If you knew what you went through, if you knew what you had to go through back then now would you do it all over again and my question was most people would think oh no I wouldn't do it again and I thought I would I would do it all over again and I'll tell you why I'll do it all over again because it shaped me into who I am now yes. so if 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 everything that I went through caused the level of maturity to take place cause mm-hmm. a deeper level of understanding and and if it if it caused some growth in some areas of my life,
2: it was worth it. It was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I say the same thing too. And if it was reverse, you wouldn't have been the same person. Mm-hmm. So I look at some days where I wasn't able to like afford certain things and because of that, like I'm not bothered to be like us sitting right here. I know like a lot of young females. There wouldn't be comfort that was sitting in front of a screen, no makeup, putting up a mirror. I'm
0: good. Yeah, me too. i like oh, yeah, yeah.
2: My own skin, and I'm good. I feel like if it was handed to me in a way where was 15, 16, I had the luxury of getting this done, it would become a part of And I know people change over time, or like you learn certain things, but I think it would have been a part of me. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I couldn't do it other
1: than, but I'm grateful. Yeah. I think the older you get, I think with age, not only does experience come, but appreciation for different things. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you learn that you 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 start to figure out what things are really important and what things aren't. And, yeah. and you just kind of just, you know, you just kind of learn how to like make because you know, I've spent of not just me, but a lot of people. You spend most of your years trying to be and fit, trying to be certain people, uh, certain person or trying to be like certain people, trying to fit into certain types of groups of um cliques and stuff. And then you get older because I used to always wonder, like I always felt like I could never really fit into a any group, set group of type of people. I would look yeah. at people and I'd be like, man, I want to be it. And I used to yearn to be a part of different groups of people, yearn for people, different people to be my friends. And it was a difficult feeling back then because rejection is very real. You know, that rejection, I can really say, I, you know, I heard somebody say rejection mean is it means redirection. Well, yeah. when I go back and look at, the rejection that I felt, I can actually see that rejection rejection redirecting me to the right relationships, to the right friendships, to the right um, connections. So okay. I think I'm excited. I'm even more proud now to be able to talk about it because I enjoy the me that I am now. I enjoy yeah. the things that God has done in my life now as a result of the things that I went through. And mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that everything that we learn has to be a result of something that we suffer. But for most of us, you know, I, like I told my children, there's some things you're going to learn by. There's some things you you can learn from watching other people. And then there are going to be some things you may have to learn through experience. And I was just one of those. I had to learn a lot of things <laughs> by yeah. experience. But those experiences um, shaped me into the person that I am now. So I try as much as possible to not allow my future experiences. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I try to allow those to be motivated by watching uh, watching other people um, versus having to always go through it. But um, I like the person that I am now and the person that I'm becoming because I'm more, purpose to me is more than just being able to say you do a particular thing. Purpose to me is being comfortable to be able to talk about some of the things that you've gone through, and using that pain that you've gone through to help other people, you know, I think yeah. when we start to figure out what our purpose is, you kind of shed away all the other stuff that's all the, the the shiny stuff that's around you that make you feel it like you to be helpful. yeah, it, it, you don't matter. It's like you say, like me, I'm not. I'm in front of the thing. I don't have a makeup either, and I don't care. You know, I'm like. You know, because one is ten o'clock at night. <laughs> one is like almost eleven o'clock at night, and two, you know, and I wanted to do this show. At first, I battled Georgia. I was like, oh, I don't know if I really want to do this at ten o'clock because it originally started at nine. And I thought, I don't know if I really want to do this at nine o'clock. But then I thought, when did I have my most darkest times? It was all uh. like, I had my, you know, a lot of shows and stuff for in the daytime and on, the, you know, on the weekend. And I thought the majority of the times I've had my darkest moments was always late at night. Yeah. And so I thought 10 o'clock will be perfect. And those that that um, need to hear it, that benefit from it, will have it fresh and available. And for those that want, to, that want to see it and not able to stay up to be able to take part, that's OK, too. They can see, they can watch the replay. But I wanted mm-hmm. to make sure that it was um that that we did it at night so that one everybody's usually calm and relaxed but there are some people that are home that are in all kinds of circumstances and situations and i know for me i lived i used to watch tbn just for the sake of watching the um was it the praise um thing from 10 at night to 12 o'clock to 10 at night to 12. and i remember Mm -hmm. i used to watch hearing people's testimonies about how they got through stuff. And then I started to see myself coming out of different things because I started to see, well, if they, if God did it for them, you know, heck, you know, they don't mm-hmm. seem to be too too much differently to me, you know, yeah. hope that I can get, that I'll have a better, uh, circumstances situation too. So I, you know, there's many different directions. I wanted to go and doing sisterhood check-in and I really, um, Feel like I found the direction that that I feel like God wants me to go with this because people need to hear our stories. They need to hear how we got through it. You know, it's easy for people to look at you and say, Oh, you're an attorney. You know, you got everything. You married, you have a son, you know, you got a good job, you ain't going through nothing. But they don't know that there's a story behind your testimony, there's a story behind. There's a journey that you had to take and that you continue to take to stay. Because you know, it's one thing when we overcome, but guess what? We have to keep overcoming.
0: You know, True. it doesn't stop there. We don't, we don't and we right the time, right? you have to deal with. So absolutely.
1: We just got a comment from um from one of our viewers, Sharonda. She said there was an amazing testimony. Thank you, Sharonda, for that comment. And it is an amazing testimony that, you know, this is why I do this so that we can share, you know, the things that we go through with other women that sometimes all you need is just a little. We just need to know that there's a a little bit of a, if we can help women understand there's a small possibility, give them a little bit of hope, you know, and, and in an informal way where they're not looking at us and saying, oh, you got on all makeup and you look like this. or I don't look like that. or I don't look like this. No, we want people to know it doesn't matter what your circumstances is. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what God can heal and he can bring anybody out. Are there any, what are there any, before we actually end our broadcast, are there any, what encouraging words would you like to say to somebody who may be 28 or in their 20s or may even be 22 that may be watching? What do you say to somebody who feels like I'm young and I'm just starting life and I don't even, I'm not even nowhere near where I wanna be? how can what would you say to somebody like that any final thoughts
2: uh one don't rush the process Mm. like just stay focused and the biggest thing is trying to find your purpose and there are a ton of ways um, for you to find your purpose like pray about it focus on what you're passionate about and it will come to life and then whatever you do follow in that direction And once you're doing that, like God will be in the midst, and it will be okay. It's gonna be okay. Don't put a time limit on it. Don't tell yourself like you need to be married by this age. You have to be paying for school by this. It doesn't matter. And don't watch. Don't watch the way that another person's life is going, because the truth is, some people. They'll show off, you'll see them on social media, you see them in the street, they look a certain way, they're acting a certain way when, it's not, it's not it's not, all that it's dressed up to be. There's so much under the surface. And sometimes you don't know the things that people are involved in to uh, have the things that they have to be where they're at. So just take your time, follow your purpose and just keep going, keep God at the center of it all and it will be okay.
1: Absolutely. We have another person that says beautiful testimony. I don't uh Thank you. And, I, and, I, and that's true. I think it's important to know that, you know, sometimes I mean, we look at especially women, we look at the fact mm-hmm. that, oh, you know, I'm this age or I'm that age. And it doesn't matter how old you are, because really, when you start to walk in your purpose, you don't really think about you only think about where, you know, timing and all that other stuff when you're not there yet. Yeah, but once you start walking in a direction that you feel like God is leading you to go in, there's a sense of peace and calmness that comes, and it begin and your focus begin to shift on from timing to effectiveness. I just want to be effective. Yeah, so you don't you don't spend a lot of time trying to worry about well, I only got to do only got this amount of time, only got that time. You just want to. You know sometimes when you go through so much stuff i always say sometimes the most the most likely people the the people that are most likely to help you are the people that have been through something
0: you know yeah.
1: most of the help that i got was from people who have experienced the same thing that i went through who understood who genuinely understood and had the compassion and the passion to help me out sometimes when we at a place where we have everything we want sometimes we forget and I went, you know, I went through my little period of time that I've gone through and went through some stuff and you get to a point where sometimes there's a peace that comes, there's a settling, you know, that comes and you feel like, okay, I got a sense of peace. But then once you get to that, that place, then God always pulls at you and be like, okay, now, you know, don't forget, you know, we're not going to be like the children of Israel that forgot,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: you know, we're, we've eaten and we full and we have forgotten. I have come to the place recently where I um, was like, you know what? I'm grateful for the people that, that God has put around me to to encourage me, you know? And remind me, you know, complacent. Because anything you don't use, you become, un, you become unuseful. And I don't want to yeah. get to the place to where I'm no longer useful, you know, to 100%. God because I'm not operating, get comfortable, and not operating in a place where, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to continue to still involve. but I I do believe that when you start, start to realize that, and you, or be reminded that, you know, you were in this place before, you remember what it feels like, I remember, I'm, I'm like, Paul, I know how it feels to abound and I know how it feels to abase. I know what it's yeah. like to not have anything and I know what it's like to have, you know, to have a lot of the things that I want. But the yeah. most important thing that I've learned is I've learned how to be content. And I think that is the thing that people struggle with nowadays is being content. That's why we, you know, that's why we attach ourselves to so many different um, name brand clothes because we're searching for identity you know, and some people say, "Oh no, I might just like the quality." M- maybe that might be a part of it, but I think a lot of the most of the time, when like people we are killing people over sneakers and outfits, and we comparing ourselves because we have lost sense of our identity. You know, which is wrong. why I started, you know, my own on the wrong stuff. You know, you I, and when you go to, if you you know, for for all of you that are watching out there. You know, if you go to my um, to my website, I have so many different courses where I talk and help you walk through some of the things that, you know, some of the different struggles that we deal with. You know, I talked earlier about the emotional trauma, you know, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of times we don't understand how trauma stores in our, our body. And we don't understand that it affects us. It affects us mentally. It affects us physically. And so I have put together some things to kind of help, you know, to help you kind of get through some of the emotional trauma. Um, But j- j- go visit my website. It, you know, there's all kinds of, you can register for the seminar I'm going to do. It's called Healing from Emotional Trauma. You can go to the website there at the bottom of the screen, bit.ly lee forward slash emotional trauma um the course is amazing talks about the physical i pretty much talk about the physical and the mental the spiritual aspects of what we deal with when we go through trauma so make sure you go down at the website and um visit bit.lee forward slash emotional trauma and register so that you can get the help that you need you know we're in a better place nowadays where we don't have to suffer in silence anymore. We don't have to suffer alone. There's a lot of things that we can do now to, you know, we can ask for help. You know, back then we didn't want to ask for help cuz we didn't want people to know our business. Well, now today you can help. You, you can get the help without telling everybody your business. <laughs> you know, nowadays. Again, um, don't forget, you know, Georgia Lawrence's books, Purpose Through Pain, you can get it on our website. You can go to womanwomanofproverbscoaching.com uh, um, or you can go to the bit.ly forward slash Georgia Lawrence books. And for those that have issues with uh, immigration and you need help, you can always visit Georgia on her website at georgialawrence.com. You can also, Georgia, you wanna give them your Facebook information or your social media
2: information again, for those that were that just came in that didn't hear it. Sure, so on Facebook is Georgia Lawrence and my name. On Instagram, you should be able to find me using Georgia Lawrence or you use royalty underscore with a purpose. And if anything, if you don't have social media, you can always send me an email at Georgia Law21 at gmail.com.
1: Okay, and you got it it's right, um, right on the screen. You can go to, uh, is that across all the social media at Georgia Lawrence? Yes. Yeah. okay so if for those of you that you can you can search for her on social media at the uh at her handle is at georgia lawrence or you can visit her website at georgia lawrence.com georgia it was so good to have you i i'm just i just really enjoyed your testimony i feel like i've gotten to know you a lot better you know in this hour it's, it's amazing it's almost like sitting on a comfy couch and being yeah. able to talk you know i'm, I'm really starting to like
2: this <laughs> you you're doing a I good. I appreciate business. you taking the time out. No problem, thank you. Problem. Thank you, thank for you. You're really doing yeah. uh, good. Justice, sister, we check in. is needed. We don't we don't talk and just sit in having conversation. And I'll ensure that I spread the word because I have girlfriends who hey on a Friday night you wanna say chat, we're
1: here. Let's check in. So, congratulations to you. Yeah, and, and I want to get more than one. Eventually, I'll have more than one guest. We'll have get to have like two or three people on at the same time, and we can all talk at the same time. Yeah, that so, would be. So, but I do. I appreciate. You. It's a little bit of delay. So if you hear me over, t- sometimes there's a little bit delay, and I don't hear you till like a few seconds later. Okay yeah but but thank you so much for 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 you know sitting here and taking time out of your day to talk with us i enjoyed you and i'd love to have you on again because i know you got a lot of other books we can set up a schedule to talk about all your other books and stuff like that i would love to be able to do that but yes thank you for spreading the word and thank you
2: for coming i appreciate you no problem thank you and take care
1: no problem. Stay tuned. While I just go ahead and end up the show. All right, guys, you heard it again from Georgia Lawrence. She was amazing. You guys, make sure you support her. Go to her website, GeorgiaLawrence.com. Again, for those of you haven't that haven't purchased, also my book, What Happened to Me? How Did I Get Here? You can go to the Bit.ly forward slash signed by Nadira. Also, and all of this stuff is on my website. You can just go to Women of Proverbs Coaching and you'll find everything that we talked about today. All the books and material um, is right there on the website. So if you didn't get a chance to copy down all the different addresses, that's fine. Just go to Women of Proverbs Coaching. Everything is there. I appreciate you guys taking time out of your Friday and joining me and um, Sisterhood check-in. So until next
0: time, thank you so much. Have a great night.